Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the show. This is Right Now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Here to introduce you to today's guest, Michael Muscadine. Doing good, man. Feeling lovely. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He's a guy that I first met in the fall, maybe winter of 2016, when we were both doing statewide political and social organizing for the Alliance for Boys and Men of Color. Since then... The nonprofit Michael co-founded, Courage, spelled C-U-R-Y-J, has been on my radar. I mean, how could they not be? This summer alone, Courage organized an early morning anti-police protest in front of Councilmember Noel Gallo's house. And they assisted in holding a march and healing circle in Deep East Oakland. It was in response to California Highway Patrol shooting and killing 24-year-old Eric Salgado. At Courage, his title is community organizer and life coach. And on a day-to-day basis, that looks like reaching out to young folks who might need jobs. Some of them recently released from police custody. He offers resources, make sure that they have food and housing. It's the work that some might refer to as case management. But to Michael, it's life management. And he's adamant. These are people, not cases. We're just navigating life with them, you know, checking in with them daily, especially in this pandemic right now. So he's busy making sure young folks stay afloat, like real busy. But he spared a moment of his time with me just to tell me how Oakland and his family shapes the work that he does. More on Michael's story in a moment. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. On top of all the heavy work of being a lifeline for young folks in his neighborhood, this summer, Michael's also focused on getting the community garden off the ground in the Fruitvale neighborhood, where he was born and raised. He's literally planting seeds of change in his home turf. 
I've started gardening myself, right? And I know it's hella therapeutic to just get out there and see like little seeds turn into full blown trees or bushes. I got like some flowers and stuff. What are y'all planting in the garden out there in East Oakland? Indigenous medicines that we use in our circle keeping, sage, uh, lavender. We just want to have like our beans, squash, tomatoes. So, you know, we can make salad with our young folks when we're having a program there. There's a lot. We're also going to possibly bring in a beehive. It's going to be dope. That's tight. Yeah, I had a neighbor who had a beehive. It was fascinating to see him work. Like, yeah, Hopefully it goes good with the beehive, man. The work Michael does in his garden is an extension of the care that he has for his neighborhood. It also shows up in how he approaches social justice issues. And he says that he can trace his whole community-oriented mindset back to when he was a kid, having conversations with his family members. Tell me a little bit about uh, your grandfather and his roots. Yes, my grandfather um, came here by the house in Fruville in 1964, you know, and he was very active with a lot of organizing, working with the Panthers, working with Cesar Chavez, working with the Native American AIM movement, working with the Chicano movement, you know, all those movements that were going through Oakland from the 60s and 70s, even 80s. Work right now, the work I do is because of him planting those seeds and seeing those books in the basement and seeing those posters of like Cesar Chavez and you know, like uh, Malcolm X, all these of people. And I'm like, whoa. So I was always brought up with knowing somewhat of civil rights in my culture, being fascinated of the stories that he did tell me. And I'm thankful for having those moments and those times of him telling me to speak up when you feel something is not right. What was your grandfather's name? John Melendres. John Melendres. Just making sure we acknowledge the ancestors, say his name, you know, and, and make sure it's out there in the ethers, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So beyond beyond your family, I'm sure that that community, the Fruitvale neighborhood, planted some seeds in you that, that uh, led to you becoming politicized. Yeah, just, just growing up in Oakland, man, it was just one of those areas, late 90s, early 2000s. It was at that time of like, I want to say like the last of the real gang banging like it was really banging so like wearing different colors you know made some mistakes as a youngster had a record juvenile hall foster homes so as i got older you know i thought i was doing pretty good you know i was doing construction building office cubicles uh in the city san jose oakland all around can you tell me a little bit about the impact that gang sweeps had on your life and your development i believe they started in 2010 with the north oakland gang injunction Today, we filed a gang injunction against 19 members of the Northside Oakland Street Gang, including the four who were charged with the May 16 murders. Then it started in Fruitvale in 2011 with the gang injunction. The gang injunctions were a sweep of select neighborhoods by law enforcement where they targeted suspected criminals. By way of being part of a certain neighborhood, Michael became a target. But to him, the worst running with law enforcement came after a call about a family conflict, which resulted in Michael being assaulted by officers. I think that was the the straw that broke the camel's back for me, being uh, beat by law enforcement, harassed, kicked, sent to the hospital, then just them going in my house. Just seeing them like they, they just had hatred, you know, and I would talk shit back because I knew my rights because of my grandfather teaching me that when I was young and knowing what they can and cannot do and holding them accountable. So I met like folks that were organizing against these gang injunctions. And I never seen like 
so many people, you know, of all colors, all different backgrounds, faith, reach out to me, you know, uh, black, brown, Asian, white, come support me. And I'm like, damn, this is what it looks like when we all fight against the system. So I started being very vocal against the gang injunctions in Oakland and letting the city council members know, like, hey, my past is my past. Look at my present. Don't look, keep looking about five, six years back. Look at what I'm doing now as a young man. I'd spent a lot of time in my childhood growing up in the dubs as well, right, in that Fruitvale neighborhood. And I was introduced to essentially the struggle from different people, backgrounds, and it was mind-blowing to see, you know, my, my Filipino partners have the same struggles as my partners from Central America or my people from West Africa, you know, and like it was wild to see that. And so when you said your mind was blown by how many people of different backgrounds came to support you, I echo that. That leads me to ask you about your work with the Here to Lead California Project, where men of all ages, races and orientations from around the state share their stories. With that project, um, I think just telling my story for young, other young native Chicano men or boys could see someone that looks like them, someone that represent them, that look like them, that came from the struggles, that came from the same backgrounds, hardship. When I was younger, I had mentors that tried to reach out to me, but they didn't look like me. They didn't stay in my community. They did not go through the struggles. They tried to relate. Um, so just putting that story out there is motivating. I love to motivate folks. And even if they see me and, you know, in any way, like, hey, damn, Mike did it. I'm going to pull up then. Because a lot of people, even my elders tell me, they're like, damn, Mike, I thought you would have, out of all the people, you did a whole 360. Because you were, I was like, was I that bad? Shit. I was like, they're like, damn. They was like, we wouldn't expect this. See what you're doing here? They said, we need that. It's got to be more effective for them to see that you, you bumped your head, but then you learned, you know, and you got back out there and you planted seeds where you did dirt or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm, you hear it time and time again, but it's always important. And I'm just wondering, like, why do you think your work is important right now? It's because we're at a time right now where we're seeing the same stuff going on that it was going on in my grandfather's day. You know, uh, the struggles, the racism, teaching this history, this ethnic studies and teaching these policies of civil rights. We're talking about this in 2020 right now, and it's like, it's crazy. And to see what's being reported right now on the news, but they're not reporting some of the work that we're doing and what these healers are doing, not just myself, but all over the country. You know, there's amazing work going on in inner cities of black and brown communities that's not getting highlighted. And brothers doing the same work as myself as well. I met them all around the state, all around the country. And we're not seeing that. So the work is to continue to do the work and showing that investing into these small nonprofits, continuing this fight against injustice, continuing this fight that our ancestors been fighting, and for our future to get some of these younger generations now to be our legislators, to be our mayors, to be our city council members, and make laws that affect their communities because they know the struggle. Big thanks to Michael Muscadine for your work and for your story. For all of you out there who want to keep up with him and his work, follow Courage on social media. Their Instagram is Courage510 and their Twitter is just the name Courage. Oh, and please keep in mind that Courage is spelled C-U-R-Y-J. Thank you. 
thank you to the team behind the show. That's producer Ashley Ann Krigbaum, editor Jessica Plachik, and the higher-ups at KQED, Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. Oh, and please, audience, check out the Right Nowish website. That's kqed.org slash rightnowish. And feel free to nominate a guest for the show. You can do it right there on our website. Looking forward to your submissions. I'm your host, Pindarvis Harshaw. Thank you for listening to Right Nowish, a show published by KQED. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.